good Sabbath morning, ye sons and daughters of the living God. No better status to have on this Sabbath day. Glad you're here. I like reading road signs and messages and things that come up. One of my favorites is a hotel chain that says on its outside banner, kids stay and eat free. And I'm just dying to drop off a van load of kids. <laughs> In my little town where I live, there's a chiropractic sign out. He has an interesting name for a chiropractor. McCracken. The beauty salon down the street is entitled Curl Up and Die. Oh, I don't like it. That's not good. Saw this sign in the mall recently. Ears pierced, half off. Man, that's got to hurt a little bit. Here's some from a newspaper. One, dog for sale. Eats anything, especially fond of children. Randy's Auto Repair Service. Try us once. You'll never go anywhere again. I think I've had my car there. I don't know. Oh, Jimmy's Used Cars. Don't get cheated somewhere else. Stop here first. Antique desk for sale. Suitable for ladies with thick legs and large drawers. I don't know what that means. Here's a sad one. Wedding dress for sale, size seven, worn once by mistake. I saw this on a city bus in Chicago, Illinois. Big black and white banner across the whole side of the bus. Illiterate? Question mark. Write today for free help. Think about that. Who's that sign for? You notice sometimes we say things in church that are kind of funny? Maybe just to me. Kneel as far as possible. What does that look like? We know what would they mean if, if it's possible, kneel. But we say, no, kneel as far as possible. We should have people spread out all over the whole place, right? When we used to have hymnals, you'd hear this often. Turn over in your hymnal. Can't, can't do that. Bless us as we come apart. How many believe today you're saved by faith? Yeah, that's okay. Don't feel bad. I asked that to a group of pastors, too. They raised their hand. Ephesians 2 says we're saved by grace through faith not of anything we do saved how saved by grace ah the word grace is one of the most endearing words in all of scripture it literally means to stoop to bend down to bend over well, in high school, when somebody would drop a tray in the cafeteria, I don't know what it was. It was our tradition. Everybody was yelled, way to go, Grace. Yeah. Way to go, Grace. Opposite of to stoop down.
come to bend over. That's what Jesus did for you and me. He who knew no sin became sin for us. The innocent became the guilty. He paid the price. He stooped down. I love that word. Did you say grace before meals? In the Northwest where I grew up, we always said grace. I noticed in the South, you say a blessing. Kind of the same thing. You're grateful. I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't grow the food. It probably didn't even help prepare it. But it's given to me, and somebody stooped down to serve me and have grace. If you order a magazine today and your subscription runs out at, at the end of the year, usually the magazine company will send you a couple extra copies hoping that you'll re-enlist. Those copies are called grace copies in the industry. You haven't paid for them. Maybe you don't even deserve them, but they want to get you back. Musicians play music with notes on a paper, but those gifted musicians have what they call grace notes. They're not written down, but they're out there and they fill in those chords and they make the music much more beautiful. A grace note. A few years ago, a man by the name of Robert Hansen, who had served over 20 years in the FBI, was discovered to be a Russian spy. And for over 20 years, he had been receiving payments for the secrets of the United States government that he had been sharing. The next day after he was discovered in Silver Spring, Maryland, newspaper headline said, Robert Hansen, dash, persona non grata. What does that mean? It means a person who's not welcome. And in the government, that's the worst moniker you can have on your name. A person who's not wanted. A person without grace. I would never want that title behind my name. Saved by grace. What does grace look like in your life? Have you had somebody administer grace to you? Do something to you that you didn't deserve? Something that you hadn't earned? In the Old Testament, the word mercy is often used. In the New Testament, you get grace. Mercy is God withholding the punishment that we deserve. Grace is God offering to us the free gift of eternal life. Mercy withholds the knife from the heart of Isaac. Grace provides a ram in the thicket for the sacrifice. Mercy runs to forgive the prodigal son. Grace throws an extravagant party. Mercy bandages the wounds of the man beaten by robbers, but grace covers the cost for his full recovery. Mercy hears the cry of the thief on the cross. Grace provides him the promise of paradise. Mercy converts Paul on the road to Damascus, but grace calls Paul to be an apostle. Jesus Christ. 
Mercy dismisses my traffic violation. Grace clears my driving record. Mercy pays the penalty for our sins on the cross, but grace substitutes Christ's righteousness for my sinfulness. Grace, grace, what a beautiful word. Ever had the blue light special come on behind you when you're driving? Aren't we funny, human nature? Immediately, if you're like most of us, we're guilty. What have I done? What law have I broken? But on that police car are the words to protect and to serve. Oh, maybe there's something wrong with my car. Maybe I've got a bad tire. Maybe my lights are out. Maybe something's wrong. But no, we think, oh, man, I've broken the law. I've done something, and we pull over, and we almost immediately feel guilty. Well, most of the time we are, right? Most of the time. If I'm having to travel across the United States and make an appointment in Washington State, and I phoned ahead and said, boy, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I might, I might be late. Well, where are you? Oh, I'm, I'm in Montana. Oh, don't worry about Montana. There's no speed limit. What? Yeah. Have you noticed there's no speed limit posted in Montana? Keep going and, and go ahead and go faster than you probably are. You'll make it fine. And sure enough, man, I wasn't seeing any cars. Certainly wasn't seeing any policemen. So the blue light special came on behind me. Pulled me over. Oh, boy. Here we go. And you know, policemen have a a list of questions they, they want to ask you, don't they? Do you, you know what they are? I think I wrote those down here somewhere. Oh, yeah. First of all, um, <coughs> they come up to your, uh, do you know why I stopped you? Interesting question. And I was feeling a bit frisky that day, and so I thought I'd have fun with this officer. And I looked around, and I said, well, yeah, I, I imagine. I said, man, I've been driving out here, and I haven't seen any cars or anybody. And I said, I, I imagine you're pretty lonely. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, Mr. Rogers, do you know how fast you were going? Yeah, trick question, right? If I tell him I know how fast I was going, I was really going too fast, and I'm going to be guilty. If I don't know how fast I was going, he's going to think I'm an absent-minded driver, right? I said, well, I have an idea, sir, that you know how fast I was going. He says, yes, I do. Is there a reason why you are traveling so fast today? And the right answer to that is, there is no right answer. There is no right answer. So um, I said, well, sir, I'm just trying to keep up with the traffic. Quizzically, he looks at me and says, Mr. Rogers, there's no traffic for miles ahead of you. I said, yes, sir, I understand. And now you can see why I'm so far behind and I'm trying to keep <laughs> Didn't work. Got a ticket for going too fast in a state with no speed limit law. Saved by what? 
saved by grace. How many are guilty? Yeah. All have sinned, Romans 3.23. Wages of sin are death. You and I, as we learned this week, deserve to die. And as I told the small group Bible study, what you might not hear too often is that you can pay for your sins. You can live your three score and ten years or however long you live, and you can die apart from Jesus Christ. When you're dead, that's it, folks. There will be no heaven. Or you can accept the gift of eternal life and the price of sacrifice that Jesus paid for your sins. I'm in North Carolina, headed to Mount Pisgah Academy. Have mercy. Taking the mountain road in an old 69 Plymouth Signet car. Just a faithful old straight inline view inline six-cylinder. It did good downhill, but struggled uphill. So I see up ahead of me the hills coming, and it is a glorious day. Fall colors are in full bloom. The sun is out. I'm watching eagles. I'm having a good time. I got music going. Windows down, and I'm going down the hill, and I see this hill coming up from me. I'm not going to make it up that hill, I know. So I just floored it all the way down, got up a good head of steep, started going up the hill, and for some reason that old six-cylinder said, we're going. And it didn't back off. It didn't let loose. It just kept going and climbing up that hill. I crest the top of the hill. An officer of the law, state trooper, right off to the side. He said, okay, I'm going to win this officer with love. And I just pulled the car over a little bit, got off the road, off onto the side. He didn't even have to get out into the road, put his lights on and pulled forward. All right. I know what's coming. I looked in the rear view mirror and I watched him get out of his car. And he just kept sunglasses, put his trooper hat on, had a clipboard with him. Don't know where anymore to go. Went to my glove box, got out my registration, insurance card, picture of the family. You know, I'm going <laughs> to... Window's already down. He comes up with tears through his glasses, looks in at me, and he says, boy, I've been waiting for you all day. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I want you to know I'm trying to get here as fast as I can. <laughs> he didn't laugh. Matter of fact, wrote me a little note on a piece of paper said he wanted to see me again. <laughs> now, how many think I'm guilty? You're so good. What a nice group. Huh? Guilty. Break, break the speed limit down. He writes me a ticket. Now I've got some options. Okay? Got some options. If I pay the ticket, I'm admitting guilt. Some of you have already quick to respond to that. Pay the ticket, I admit guilt. What other options do I have? 
go to court, forget the ticket, ignore it, hire a lawyer to represent me. I looked at the price of the ticket. Yikes. It's a little steep. I'm going to court. I like this area. I'll come back anyway. Went to court. Uh, word to the wise, if you haven't been to court, dress up. Look nice. I walked into court. It was a menagerie of people. Took my place. Sat down. Uh, the judge called the first couple cases. You know what? The first two guys argued with the judge. Denied, pled not guilty. They were dead guilty. The officer was there, read the right. Just argued. One time the judge said, enough. You're guilty. I'm declaring you guilty. You pay the price. Kids still arguing with him. Side door came the officer. He's grown since I've seen him last, I think. Man, he's just overpowering. Still had his sunglasses on. Mr. Rogers, you're charged with driving in a 55. How do you plead? Why did your voice just kind of all go tight and everything? How do you plead, Mr. Rogers? Or? I plead on the mercy of this court. Judge looked over his glasses. Trooper dropped his sunglasses <laughs> down. Got really quiet in that courtroom. Mr. Rogers, you plead on the mercy of this court? Yes, Your Honor, I do. Mr. Rogers, you're charged with driving miles per hour in a, in a 55. Yes, Your Honor, I am. Mr. Rogers, what do you do? Why do they always ask that? And it went through my mind real quick, and thank the Lord this time I didn't just say it, but it, it did go through my mind. Like, man, Your Honor, sometimes when you work for the Lord, you've got to drive like the devil. <laughs> Your Honor, I'm a youth pastor. Oh. Oh, he said, you're a youth pastor. And do you encourage your kids in your youth group to break the law? No. No, Your Honor. We teach them to love the law, to respect the law. But yet you're traveling miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone. Yes, Your Honor. And I plead on the mercy of this court. Why do you plead on the mercy of this court? Well, Your Honor, I'd like to have a clean driving record. He pulled out a piece of paper. He held it up. He said, Mr. Rogers, you don't have a clean driving record. <laughs> I said, I understand, Your Honor, but I would like to have a clean driving record. He shuffled some papers around. Man, this courtroom is still. Nobody's here. He adjusted his glasses. He said, Mr. Rogers, 
today, this court accepts your plea of mercy. But when you're in my state of North Carolina, you slow down. Couldn't help it, but I turned and smiled at the state trooper. <laughs> in love, in love. He's shaking his head. And I turned and I walked down the middle of that courtroom aisle, and I could hear people going, Plead mercy, plead, plead mercy, plead mercy. Hey, 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 hey. When we stand. Almighty God in judgment. And he looks at you and me. Guilty sinners. I suggest to you today no better word to say than to plead mercy. For we are all guilty, but Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins. There is no God like our God. So I share this story at Southern Adventist University for a, a large chapel, 2,000 kids there. And I, I say, listen, I'm going to have to leave during the closing song because I have a hospital visit and I want to get there in time. Okay. So I tell the story. Pull out of the parking lot on the way to the hospital. I told you this before. <laughs> I'm not out of the city limits. I'm almost still on campus, and the blue lights come on behind me. I'm pulled over. Clipboard comes up to the window. We're having conversations. Mr. Rogers, you were going a little bit too. The chapel lets out. And all the kids in their car are coming down. Plead mercy, plead mercy. The college president comes by, toot toots his horn, waves. Not one of them pulled over to the side of the road, pulled out their driver's license, and said, hey, officer, put Roger's infraction on my record. Hey, let me pay the price for his ticket here today. Yeah, He's guilty, but go ahead and put it on my account. Because that's what Jesus Christ did for you. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Search the world if you must. Test the other gods if you must. You will find no God. whether or not you accept it. He offers you the free gift of eternal life. You see, God loves us just as we are.
too often we followed that up with, but, and then you fill in the blank for what you've heard. I'm here to tell you today, God loves you just as you are. Not as you should be. For none of us are as we should be. Let that just roll around a little bit. God loves you just as you are. Not as you should be. For none of us are as we should be. That's the kind of God we serve. You can accept it. You can reject it. You can challenge it. But that's what grace is all about. You see, Charles Swindoll, a great, respected preacher, says if you preach about grace and you haven't offended somebody, you probably haven't preached about grace. I like that. If you preach about grace but you haven't challenged them, you probably haven't preached about grace. What does grace look like in your life? So if Jesus was sitting here next to you today, and he leaned over and whispered in your ear, would he say, man, you are a mess. When are you going to change? When are you going to really take this all in and really be worthy of the death that I paid for you? Or would he lean over in your ear and say, you know what, I love you just as you are. I am so glad you're here. And I love it when you talk to me. And I love it when you confess your sins and you're sorry, but i got to tell you something. I'm your Lord and Savior, but i got a bad memory. Because I cast your sins into the depths of the ocean. And I remove them as far as the east is from the west. You're forgiven by my grace. So I'm at the mall, and... I don't know what I was doing, but I feel two hands come up from behind my back with over covering my eyes, and somebody says, guess who? Okay, keep talking. I need a little help. And she continued to talk. You dedicated me as a baby. Oh, that helps. <laughs> come on, Pastor Ken. You baptized me. Yeah, keep talking. Come on, you remember. And she pulled her hands away, and I turned around, and I said, Oh, it's you. <laughs> and I'm praying the whole time, Lord, give me her name. Help her name to come to mind. How are you? It's good to see you. I haven't seen you. And I said in my head, I don't even recognize you. You don't. Tiffany. Tiffany, it's good to see you. Pastor Ken, you do remember. Thank you, Jesus. But she didn't look like the Tiffany I knew. The Tiffany I knew and baptized had long blonde hair. Now her hair is just black. Her eyebrows are black. There's a ring in her nose. There's seven or eight rings in her ear. You could have hung a shower curtain there, I think, you know, on that. She's got black lipstick, a black top that doesn't fit, black shorts and black boots. What is that, gothic or colorblind? I don't know, one of the two. 
Tiffany, what are you doing? And she began to tell her story and what she'd been. I hadn't seen Tiffany really for a couple years. She no longer graced the church. Tiffany, I'm going to look for you at church. I want to see you. Come, come see me. Come find me at church. When, when you're there again, come look me up. Oh, Pastor Ken, they don't want me there. So who's they? That won't work. I want you there. I want to see you there. I want to see you at church. Come find me. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. We said goodbye. I really kind of forgot about that incident. Can't remember the exact time frame. But I was greeting in the lobby of the church. And I'm not going to tell you what church because it makes the people in Collegeville mad. So it was just... <laughs> big lobby. I'm at one end doing some greeting and visiting and just out of the corner of my eye I, I watch as the big doors open and Tiffany comes through the door. I said I better get there quick. I began to make my way over to Tiffany because I could see from a distance she'd gotten more gothic. Okay, Her clothes had shrunk. Okay, midriff was showing, short shirts, big boots, black hair, more rings, navel piercing. But I didn't get there before somebody else who has a different picture of Jesus got to her. And I got there, uh, the last part of this person's words were, and don't come back till you're dressed appropriately the house of God. Tiffany turned and I grabbed Tiffany. Tiffany, it's good to see you. Her words, Pastor Ken, I told you, <laughs> they don't want me here. I said, oh no, that, that, that's not true. I want you. And I followed Tiffany out of the doors and out into the parking lot. And we talked. And I just kept praying inside, Lord, help Tiffany to stay. Help her to know that this really is a safe place. We need her. We want her. And, and by God's grace, she should be here. The story doesn't have a good Uncle Arthur ending. Tiffany left. Nothing I could say seemed to grab her attention. Pastor, I, tell you, I, I told you, they don't want me here. And I had to leave by saying, well, that person doesn't speak for everybody. I want you here. But better than that, Jesus wants you here. Because he loves you just as you are. Not as you should be. Tiffany, none of us are as, as we should be. And we won't be until Jesus Christ comes again. Will you let that story linger with you? Because no more Tiffany stories. You with me? No more Tiffany stories in the Seventh-day Adventist church. No more Tiffany stories in God's world church. Let's live lives of grace. Let's stoop down. Let's welcome 
the marginalized, people that don't look like us, the people that don't think like us, the isolated, those that are alone, uh-uh, no more. Not in God's church. So leave today knowing that God loves you. One day, we will stand before him in judgment. I hope it's easy for us to say, I plead mercy. I am a sinner, but I've been saved by the grace 